Hey there, you're listening to another episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick, and the sun is setting. At least, I suppose it is, because I can't see the sun. It's very overcast. It's been really cold, and uh, these are the remnants of a, another weekend storm that we had. And there are some nor- more storms predicted. And I'm still in, uh, in the neighborhood of where we have our offices. And it is around 6 o'clock p.m. Normally I wouldn't be at work, but these are not normal times. <laughs> I am working too much and for too many days per week, but that's nothing new. I have a meeting of the board of uh, Tridio tonight, and they usually come over at 6, no, 7.30. And then we have a meeting until 9.30 Lots of things to discuss, and for me, it's just not worth it to go home. I've been editing today, recording the podcasts, so I'd rather just grab a bite here, get through the meeting, and then go home. So I'll be home at 10 p.m., and hopefully I'll sleep a little bit better than this past night. I think I have been too busy over the weekend, and uh, especially now that I have another TV episode that I need to... Uh, still fully edit in the next two and a half, well, actually, I only have two days left, is uh, somehow causing havoc in the sense that I keep thinking about how am I going to tell this story. And I noticed several times this past night that I woke up thinking about editing and how I would edit the story. It's just a sign that work is taking over, (laughs) This is a a bit of a sequel to the last episode, in case you haven't listened to that one, where I talked about workism uh, as a kind of a a work equivalent of alcoholism, where you get addicted to work and you equate your the value, the worth of your life with the work that you do and the success of that work, which is a slippery slope. I've been thinking quite a bit about that lately, and. the, 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 the old question that I've been struggling with for many years kind of pops up again where I have to ask myself, how did I get into this situation <laughs> that I work so much and with mixed results? Um, and I'm, I'm not really happy about the situation and I wish it would be different, but I've already committed to so much. And that is what I wanted to talk about. It's these commitments. I'm the kind of guy who, once I set my goals, or I set my, um, my aims at some, something, a goal that I want to reach, I want to go for it. And I want to go for it 100%, 200%. And I don't want to give up too quickly. I am very tenacious sometimes. Uh, think of the work that I'm doing right now. If you've been listening to me for more than five years, you know that back then, I I would say as long as 10 years ago, I was already talking about a future when between the age of 50 and 60, I would would make television programs and, and film and make documentaries. Had I not been so tenacious and so determined to make that happen, I would not be doing the work that I do. However, I gotta wonder if, uh, if it turned out to be what I hoped it would be. 
It's easy to dream up something, but what you usually don't take into account is the amount of work that it takes to realize that dream and sometimes the sacrifice that you, that you have to make. So that de determination in itself is very important to, to get anywhere. You have to be hungry, as Steve Jobs used to say it. You know, stay hungry, always push yourself. But there are also uh, moments that you have to stop and think, is this exact, is this what I want? Yes, I've been fighting for this, and I thought this was, was a, a good idea, but is it really? Is it turning out the way I hoped it would be? And if that's not the case, should you continue? Or should you let go of that idea? That is, for me, always a very difficult question to answer. Because I, I've been so formed by uh, this... This, this will and, and, and lots of advice from other people as well that you have to you know, pursue your dreams and go for it and, and try to work as hard as possible to make your dream happen. But what if the dream turns into a nightmare? Well, I'm over-dramatizing it, but what if the dream comes with a certain number of setbacks that you did not anticipate? Or maybe the dream itself is um, maybe your dream that, that comes true, but it is not shared by, by the people that you thought would get enthusiastic about your dream. What to do then? I think the worst thing to do is to get stuck and to keep doing something you don't love anymore and to keep telling yourself, oh, but this is what I always wanted. So even if I'm not happy with the situation, I will myself to be happy, you know. I should be. And I'm just going to continue this because otherwise I'm going to betray my dreams. Uh, I think that that is a guaranteed recipe for misery. And uh, so that's not an option. The second thing is to completely throw it all away and, and step back from it. Sometimes you have to do that. And to give you an example, um, last year we started this Dutch channel called Catholic Today, Catholic Vandaag. And I was very determined to make that happen and worked way too hard in the beginning of the year, in January. Almost caused a burnout, almost, because I was trying to do everything I already did and launch this new channel, which was very ambitious. I, I wanted this to become uh, almost like an online equivalent of a, of a Catholic TV station. Knowing very well also what I ventured into. It's not that I'm a newbie to the world of television production. But I also knew that it could be done. Um, and I think in many ways we've been very successful. We've been able to create various genres of programs that looked good, that um, definitely, I think, reached at one point the quality of what you could show on television. Technically, um, that's really not uh, so complicated anymore because I have all the equipment to produce television, uh, television quality. But also in terms of the, 
the formats and stuff. I, I think we were very inventive. And despite the fact that we had, had very limited means, uh, mostly time and finances, we were still able to create programs that we set out to, to do. But there was one other factor that we had no control over, and that was the audience. Wow, I'm glad I'm work, walking with my back to the wind, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to hear me. There's very strong, extremely icy cold wind that is currently blowing through me already, almost. Um, the, 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 the aspect that we didn't control was the audience, was the, the actual impact or lack thereof of those programs. And because I was so adamant at, you know, creating these programs and ma- realizing uh, the the dream of, of being able to produ- produce TV quality content for an internet medium, that that was the last thing I wanted to really think about. Also because it's something that is mostly out of your hand. And so I just continued to churn on and work hard and try to get everything done. I'm, I'm, here's some, some bikes zooming by because they've got the wind in the back and they go so fast. Wow. Um, the, uh, but the, the thing is, the, if you look at the results, and currently tonight we're going to have another meeting with board, uh, where we will, where we will decide, listen to those birds. Wow. That's cool. Enthusiastic birds in the middle of a storm. Um, A few weeks ago, we had our evaluation meeting at the start of the year where we tried to be as honest as possible about the investments that we made, the result, both, you know, the, the, the actual productions, but also the result in terms of reach and impact. Did this really do what we said that we hoped it would do? And the answer was not so much. Yes, in terms of we were able to create the programs that we set out to make and the result was good. So that respect, I think we did a good job, but it did not have the impact that we thought it would have. Uh, we distributed our programs through social media where it reached, uh, for instance, on, on Facebook, we had a cooking series and it was basically interviewing someone while cooking a meal. Fun format, worked really well. I think we had a, a couple of really good episodes. And it looked good. We invested quite a bit of money in, uh, in those series. Because we had uh, our presenter that we paid. We had uh, someone who was preparing the talks. Uh, we hired a cameraman director for it and we invested in the actual editing of those episodes so a series like that would cost a couple of thousand euros but in the end when we posted it on Facebook that was our distribution channel for the target audience that we were aiming for um, it reached I would say maybe a couple of hundred people the total amount of views, and I'm just talking about views on Facebook, was a couple of thousand per episode. Some didn't even get to a thousand. 
And then uh, that is views. So if you look into the, the analytics of what do these views represent, it means that anyone who scrolls through his or her timeline and the video starts to autoplay, if that person halts for, I think, more than five or ten seconds, that is counted as a view. But what Facebook also provides you with is, you know, statistics over the length of the entire video. And we saw in our evaluation that the majority, and I'm talking about 95% of the people, stopped watching after less than half a minute. Which means that you're actually making the program not for thousands of people, which might have been your impression when you were just looking at the view count that Facebook gives you. But if if you look at how many people actually watch the entire thing through, it was just a couple of hundred. And maybe in some cases even less than a hundred people. And if you offset that against the incredible amount of money that it costs, I mean, looking at the result, everything is in perspective. If you would produce a series like this for television, you it would be a miracle to make it for this little money. But we weren't making it for television, where you have an instant audience that is, of course, on a national level, much bigger than you could ever reach in social media with this type of program. So if you look at the investment and then the, the results, it was obvious to the board that this is something that is not working. And it doesn't mean that it's a failure, but it means that you've tried it and you have to conclude this is not the best way to go about it. And maybe even more important, if you want to do this in a sustainable way and you want to generate income from the productions that you make and the community that you form so that you can reinvest, then this is a losing battle. You will never get to the amount of views in time to generate enough interest and enough resources to continue this. And if there's one principle that I... Uh, that I've stressed right from the beginning is this is not going to be a charity. We need to make this work in such a way that the people that we reach will enable us to make these programs. If they don't, then there's probably just not enough interest and we're not going to work for ourselves. We do this for the community and we do it in such a way that hopefully the community will join us And that's how I've always worked. I've always done that with these podcasts. That's made possible for the pa- through the patrons. If I wouldn't have any donations, any patrons, and just a couple of hundred listeners, because let's be honest, you have the same problem with podcasting. You see the downloads. But the downloads don't tell you anything about the amount of people that will actually listen to it. You can only, you know, guesstimate based on the amount of feedback that you get. So if people comment or they share, which almost never happens, but definitely when they ask questions or tell me, hey, I, I love listening to your show, I listen to it religiously, those are indicators for me that help me understand that it, I'm doing something that is useful. But those thousands of downloads that I get from the two main shows that I produce... I have no uh, illusions about it. That I, I, I really don't think that this is uh, getting more than a couple of hundred uh, 
people that are listening to it. I may be wrong, but it's definitely the amount of downloads is not the same as the amount of people that will actually listen to it and benefit from it from the content. However, for podcasting, it is enough. It, it, it has a community that appreciates it and makes it possible for me to continue this. So in that, in that respect, there's nothing... There's, not, not, there's, there's no reason for me to change course. Uh, but with this new channel, I think the, the, the final conclusion was, this is not working. And we don't... If, if we continue to do this, we'll, we'll lose more and more money... And it will never reach the goals. So not only will we waste our resources, but we will also waste our time. Because sometimes if you want to try out, try out something else, you need to step away from what you were earlier doing. And so over the past three weeks, I've come to the conclusion that this is something to completely change. Um, what I'm not abandoning is, is the idea that we had behind the channel and that is we want to help people to be Catholics today. It needs to be... Faith needs to turn into actions. And so that is something that I, th- I feel in a secularized country like mine. It is necessary to help people with that. It's not automatically that they're going to find this in their own parish if Catholics today even go to their parish churches. So we need to find other ways to help them. So that, that I'm not going to let go of that idea because I I truly feel that that is something worth investing in. But the form in which we do that, the method, the approach, that's a whole different story. And for me, the, the, the difficult process was to let go of all those brilliant ideas that we came up with to re- start with the, the question, but why do we do what we do? What do people need? How can we help? Those are the questions that we should ask first. Not, hey, this is a cool idea and we could realize that really quickly for not much money. That is not an interesting question. What matters is what you make, is that useful? And if it is, then people will reward you by by consuming your content and maybe contributing to the production of it. But if not, why waste your time? And so, for a creative person, it is hard to say goodbye to things that, that technically work and that you know, I'm pretty proud of what we accomplished. And However, I have to be very honest, this is not working. So the change, and I'm, today I've been writing the uh, year plan for 2020... For the, for the entirety of, of, uh, of Tridio, uh, was to rethink what we were doing. And you always have to start with your mission. What is, what is what God asks me to do? And I think the mission is clear. It is to bring the, the good message of the gospel to the ends of the world. Um, and to do that in a way that people can understand and that is really useful. But... It doesn't mean so. It doesn't mean that we have to constantly copy the things that we used to do in the past. Uh, you know, from my time uh, at SQPN, that my main strategy has always been start with the language that people actually speak, start with the topics that people actually are interested in, and then 
See if you can add depth to it. That is what faith is supposed to be. It is, and faithful should be the salt of the earth. Doesn't mean the entire dish has to be salt, right? But you have to add it to the mix. And that is what we have done for 15 years now, more than 15 years, is add religious content and a Catholic perspective to well-known, popular topics. Um, and that and that enabled us to reach larger audiences and also to make faith more relevant by the virtue of of combining it and integrating it with with our you know modern culture and the life that people live. Um, I I kind of copy that to, or I took that strategy with me when I when I invested more in in my video productions especially on YouTube, where I feel that, that my approach, focusing more on the geeky side of, of, of my spheres of interest, it has been yielding amazing results and did not impede the pastoral nature or the evangelization that I was trying to, to, um, to combine with this work. So if it was just a channel for, you know, geek news, etc., it adds nothing new, but it's because it's a priest that's doing it and who is also trying to interact as much as possible with the audience and making himself available for that audience. That's where the pastoral opportunities uh, occur and where I can really help. Um, so that, but I think with the Dutch Channel, it was my aim or it was my dream to do that also in the, in Dutch and to do it. Um, for this, this, let's say, more specific Catholic community that is almost devoid of, of inspiration and news. Um, it's hard to imagine how little Catholics in the Netherlands are informed about their faith. There are almost no media anymore. Even Catholic media... Most of the newspapers are gone um, on the web. You don't find that much of interest. There are a few uh, publishers that are still active, some based in a religious order, other are uh, lay initiatives. They do good work, but it's written, it's paper, it's books, it's magazines. They reach a small number of people and a subset of Catholics in general, and my hope was that it was possible to reach uh, this broad audience in in Dutch with a Catholic background that I could help to become more active Catholics. So in itself, I think it was a very noble goal. The result of trying that for a year is actually that that the way that we tried to do that did not work because the type of programs that we made were television-type programs that, that didn't work for the medium, for, for social media, I think. Uh, the kind of topics, the kind of people that we involved were uh, already, a, in a certain way, part of the subculture that you try to escape from. And, uh, or that, it's not that we try to ex- escape from the Catholic subculture, but you try to go over those boundaries, to go beyond those, the boundaries of that subculture. 
and reach out to culture in general. But uh, I think our whole approach was too much sen sender-based, uh, too, too much broadcasting, and did not take into account the fact that there's actually a very small amount of people that is waiting for this kind of content. content. So, what I then, my, my next step was thinking, well, maybe God wants me to, um, to replicate what I do on YouTube and in my podcast for a Dutch audience. And, I don't know, create a Dutch YouTube channel with very geeky videos and, uh, and such. And then I'm thinking, <laughs> well, if I'm honest, that's never going to work either. First of all, because I don't have time. You can only do a few things very well if you try to do everything or too much with the same amount of time. <laughs> you will do everything at 50% and it won't be a success. And the second reason is even for the geeky stuff and the more, let's say, mainstream popular culture uh, topics, the Netherlands is still a tiny country. And the num number of people that, are, that speak Dutch is so small compared to an international audience that it is very hard without the proper organization behind you to, to break a leg in that, in, that, um, in that market. The reason that I am able to expand on YouTube uh, on the Father Roderick account is that I have an international market that I can try to reach. And so even though... It's, I'm only reach, reaching a very small... I have a very small YouTube channel. But the volume of people that are looking for this kind of content on a global level is so huge that it's still sizable. And you will be able to generate that snowball effect. But that's not going to happen in Dutch. That leaves me with the question when I was writing the plans for 2020. What now? Uh... I'm, I'm stuck in a situation where I feel this is, well, part of what I thought would work did not work. Uh, I also put a lot of pride in it in a certain way. I was like, I need this to become a success to feel good about what I'm doing. And I'm finally doing something for, you know, my own Dutch homies. And, well, well it didn't work. So that is, that is kind of hard at first to admit. Um... But continuing with the same formula and doing exactly the same as you did before, expecting different results, that is the definition of a foolery. <laughs> that is stupid. So you have to change something. The, the, the decisions that I took with the board is to um, refocus on the mission and to see which means help us most to realize that and are the most likely to have success. And we also are not shying away from looking at this from a business perspective and to also look at investments, which is something that we in the church often forget. We think, well, if God wants this and we don't make any money, and we're <laughs> then you know, providence will step in and all of a sudden angels will appear with bars of gold or something like that. I don't know. I see too many initiatives in the Catholic realm and probably also in other Christian denominations that are based on this very naive faith that, well, if we think that this is what God wants, then um, 
we can risk we can make the stupidest riskiest investments because well god will have to solve it and and then you get these charity type of projects where we we have newspapers catholic newspapers and catholic radio station and they have never ever been able to to uh balance their budget they've always been operating on a loss and so they every year they need to do these big fundraisers and even with the fundraisers so they guilt people into giving them and then despite that they they can they can't even make things work they can't make ends meet for me that's a horror scenario and i remember that the years in at sqpn where you know months we were worrying about money and and putting all our best efforts into fundraising uh which is you know in itself is not a bad thing if you have a clear goal of what you should do and you can find sponsors that's great but if you stubbornly continue to do what clearly doesn't generate the kind of feedback and also financial support from your target audience and you and and then you have to spend all your time and effort into raising money for something that actually in the back of your head you know doesn't work as well then maybe the best thing is to not do that and to stop doing what you're doing and to to do something else to try something else and for me the 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 most important decision for 2020 is i do not want to operate on a loss i don't i want to have everything solvent even the newer projects i want to fund them from our own success uh but, I, but because i don't want to worry about you know how do we make ends meet because we've been investing in something that doesn't yield results and so that is a kind of a business way of looking at it but what i feel is that the financial um results in a certain way or the support that you get financially is a reflection of the usefulness of what you do if if someone is horrible at making pizzas well you're not going to pay for a pizza like that and if it's really bad stuff you wouldn't even eat it if they would offer you money but somehow in the religious realm we always think that that's okay to do we have this religious stuff for you why won't you consume it well <laughs> we continue to to finance it to subsidize it because this is important people should know this but we don't ask ourselves but, but do they actually really want to know this or maybe we're totally offering the wrong food and maybe we 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 should focus on on doing what we actually are good at doing questions like that so the decisions for me are getting clear and that is the big funnel that we need to set up is to go from popular culture to to more in-depth material and it will always be a subset of the larger audience that will go one step further but that's not up to me what we need to do is to make content available that can feed those that are hungry for more and what we also should do is to make that first entry level content as widely available as possible and as 
effective as possible in reaching an audience. So it means that um, for me, the, the biggest point of entry for my community has always been the geek stuff. That is what I'm going to focus on. That is not yielding that much financial results yet. I do have some income now from the Google advertisements, but it's very modest because it's a small channel. But, you know, it, I think it can grow. The, but what does grow tremendously, and I think exponentially if I do this well, is the overall uh, audience that consumes these videos on a regular basis. And I know how to grow that. So that is going to be the entry-level stuff. The rest of my ambitions is actually all secondary and does not have to be omnipresent and weekly and, you know, constantly uh, updated. So the Dutch Catholic channel, what I want to make that into is a quality channel. It's not about the quantity, certainly not, not anymore about news and anything that is not evergreen content because... Making news material, that is great if you're a newspaper, if that's your vocation. But it's our mission to help people to be Catholics. So we need to focus on the things that are universal and that are long-lasting. It's much more worth spending our time in creating content that may not have uh, this peak interest because it's trendy and because it's, you know, the the, the newest and latest... um, trend but it is something that will always generate a certain interest over time and so that's what i want to focus on and what i the second thing is if we create content like that we are going to do that with partners so that we have people that can give us input can help us visualize this content and also help co-finance it so that we don't operate at a loss anymore and another reason to ask partners to join us in this endeavor is that they have um, they they may have a, a, an audience that is already wanting this material. So you don't just throw it out there and see what sticks, but you already know that there is a demand. So that is a, a big paradigm shift, I think, for that Catholic channel. But it's also liberating. Because it means we don't have to continue to do the programs that we thought were going to be successful but aren't. It's like exactly like television. If a series, even if it's a brilliant program or a nice you know, science fiction series, but if after three or four episodes still no one is watching, then of course they're not going to continue that. That would be foolish. So why not use that same rationale to make decisions when it comes to this religious content? The second thing that I want to focus on are the international documentaries. Uh, Because, again, it is worth it. It is probably long-tail content. It's not going to be a huge... I don't expect thousands of people to to go check out those those documentaries. But once you've built up a nice catalog, I think that people will find it. And, again, if, if not, then maybe we'll find another way to distribute these documentaries. Or we do both we, we we distribute them through through YouTube and also through more classic channels like television television stations or on demand uh, platforms. Why not? 
Um, and then the final, the final thing that needs to be done this year is a television program. And for that, I'm thinking of... Uh, I want to improve the quality. And if I want to improve the quality of the show, I need to, I need to invest in what I what I'm passionate about. The more passionate I am, the higher the quality of the content. And I want to focus on uh, a different production style. Uh, I've really learned from the Scotland episodes that is the kind of production that gives me energy, that is fun to do, is extremely uh, creative uh, because you... you you plan, but you also improvise, and but you do, and I don't have to do it alone. You do it together with people, um, and it would have the additional benefit, and that is a huge one, to reduce my workload, because it would mean that we would take I, I'd say at maximum two months of production for TV, and that's it, and that's a lot. That's a lot of time. That's that's eight weeks to invest in the production of uh, of of two seasons of television. But then it would open up the rest of the year, ten months, for these other goals. And that, if I'm serious about growing that YouTube channel and uh, building that up as the ac- the point of access with a large worldwide young audience, then that is where my time should be. And uh, the balance of last year was out of whack. I was investing most of my time on things that did not fully realize what I hoped, uh, what I hoped for it, and I and and I used my leftover time for the things that actually matter. If that is the case, the whole thing is upside down, and then you have to say, "Well, stop what you're doing. Don't foolhardily continue to do what hasn't worked so far." And then hoping that by miracle, all of a sudden, this year, it will work. Well, it won't. <laughs> so, better chase, change course and recalibrate. And as long as you look at it from a business perspective as well, it makes sense. And in that respect, the upcoming meeting that I have... What time is it? Oh, I've already been uh, walking for almost an hour now. But the uh, uh, having a board that thinks that way... Thinks along the lines of mission and also uh, doesn't make sense from a business perspective helps me to stop doing things which otherwise you know in my younger years which means like two years ago <laughs> I would have stubbornly continued to do because it was such a good idea it was so creative well that is not the final argument for doing things or not what matters is is this truly what people need can you really help people and that is something that you measure. And if the results of that, those measurements are negative and show you, well, what you tried doesn't work, then stop what you're doing and do something else. That's what I wanted to share with you. Thank you so much for listening, for your time. And for those of you that support me on Patreon, thank you so much for your support. I couldn't and wouldn't do it without your help. Go to patreon.com slash fatherroderick if you want to help as well. And I will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening and God bless.